Welcome to the April 14th edition of the Revolutionary Sports Show. I'm your co-host, Corey Sullivan. And I'm your other co-host, Brian Duchesne. As always, it never changes. It's always just us two in the Revolutionary Sports Show. But welcome to all of our listeners out there. It's great of you to join us. It's been a great week of sports. A lot of playoffs going on. A lot of NBA action. A big trade in, to kick off uh, schedule day in the NFL. Can you call that a trade or is it, in your words, a robbery? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about, about how I feel about it a little bit later. But I want to get started with a little NHL. Got kicked off the playoffs just last night. Tampa Bay defeated your boys in Detroit 3-2. to two. It wasn't in Detroit. It was in Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. So, so they're still looking good. <laughs> they can still win their home games. And we got uh, Pittsburgh and New York got underway, and St. Louis and Chicago also all played last night. Tonight we got some great matchups. But what are you seeing so far? Do you take anything from that first game, although your your squad lost? Um, what do you see going into this uh, NHL playoff season? So personally, I had, although I hate to admit it, the Penguins and the Kings in the finals, even though... Your boys, you just you're not feeling it this year from them. I picked them to win two rounds, but they're not. They're just not all there this year. They're, I think, the lowest scoring team in the NHL that got into the playoffs. Their differential was, I believe, negative eight, and they were the only negative team to make the playoffs, if I'm correct, which isn't good. And that's not ever never good. And watching the Lightning and Red Wings game for probably the first. 15, 16 minutes a game. It was the most boring thing I'd ever seen in my <laughs> life. And I don't know why. It was like neither team got set up in the offensive zone. Tampa Bay scored on a fast break. And then the puck just kept going back and forth for 15 minutes. And this <laughs> wasn't a very fun game to watch at first. And then it kind of heated up and Detroit took the lead. Tampa ended up winning 3-2. to two. But Detroit had their chances. They missed plenty of open nets when the goalie slid out of there and the puck was right there and they flip it over the net or something like that. So there's a ton of those, but not too worried about it yet. Being a Detroit Red Wing diehard, if you will, is this a team that could possibly get hot and make it to that Stanley Cup final? Or are you pretty confident that they would be lucky to even win those two rounds that you have them winning? Well, the coaches tried different things, put Dotsuk and Zetterberg on the same line. Then he tried Larkin on the same line. So he's experimenting. He's like a chemist behind the bench, if you'll go that route. But I just don't see him doing it. They're going to end up playing teams like Pittsburgh to even get into the finals, which they've lost to Pittsburgh 7-2. to And they've gotten absolutely destroyed in Chicago. They haven't played well against Chicago. Even Boston ripped them apart when they needed to beat them. So... I don't really see them getting super hot coming up, but I do think that they can beat the Lightning and then maybe the Islanders if the Islanders can beat Florida. But I just don't think it's their year. Dotsuk already announces retirement, so you know it's not, not a whole bunch to look forward to. But going down the list, Washington against Philadelphia. Clear winners for me, Washington. Mm-hmm. Ballins, pucking, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All season, killing it. Do you think that since they won... The president's trophy. Do you think that that propels Ovechkin to win the MVP? Or do you think that Kane and what he's done with the Black... Continues to do with the Blackhawks will give him that uh, 
MVP trophy. Yeah, we've talked about it before, and Kane is just on another level. He's on all the stat leaders or whatever you want to call it, besides plus minus, I believe, which isn't that big of a stat because if he's scoring goals and then they score goals, whatever. I don't, I don't really care, but points, goals scored, assists, it's him on all those lists in the top ten. So me, I say it goes to Kane, but Ovechkin, maybe some of these guys out there are going to say, you know, Ovechkin's the guy. Yeah, He's like the Sidney Crosby of Russia. So <laughs> might as well give it to him. But as far as I'm concerned, I think it's a Patrick Kane MVP. But the President's Trophy doesn't mean much to these guys. The Stanley Cup's really... The one they're going for, yeah. the President's Trophy, is just one of those things that you can throw in the trophy case uh-huh. and show people when they come into your lobby. That's about it. But going with Washington there, Pittsburgh, I have advancing over the New York Rangers. Although the Rangers are pretty good, they're not Pittsburgh good. Yeah. So I had Pittsburgh and Washington matching up. I had Pittsburgh beating Washington. Some people may disagree, but I don't think Washington is ready for a playoff run, and they never really are, even though they're always really good. They always choke in the playoffs and going with Pittsburgh. I have the L.A. Kings beating the Sharks. I think the Kings are going all the way to the finals, but I guess we'll find out how that works. And then the Predators and the Ducks. I have the Ducks beating the Predators. Predators going in as a wild card. They're all right, but the Ducks have proven that they can get hot and just destroy people at times. And I believe they were 17-1-1 in 19 games this season at one point, and that's crazy. Yeah, they clinched their division. And they were out of it, and then all of a sudden they won 17 of their 19 games and ended up coming right back. So never know what the Ducks. Don't sleep on them. Blackhawks I have beating the Blues. But now the Blues lead one nothing, and if Elliott can keep shutting people out, there's no way the Blackhawks can win, right? <laughs> exactly. One of the top goaltenders in the league right now, and as you mentioned, he slipped because he played Boston and gave up six goals. He played Washington, gave up five. Maybe that goals against average just went up a little bit, but he can have those nights where he just shuts everyone down. I think he went five consecutive games winning or getting the win in all those and then against Boston I don't know what happened but he can have different kinds of nights I don't know but so who do you have in your final I have the LA Kings and the Pittsburgh Penguins in the final with Detroit going to the conference final and losing to Pittsburgh so if you were to have a dark horse and I don't all you made it clear that the Red Wings are not going to be that team that could surprise people. Do you have a team that could surprise some people that could, you know, meet or just blow out those expectations that could possibly make it or even win, win it all? What about San Jose? San Jose is one of the best, if not the best, team on the road, 28-10. Do you think that they have a chance? Could they really beat... You know, the Capitals at home or, you know, one of those games that they must win on the road. Do you think that they could pick up one of those or or is it just out of the question to knock off a team of, of that caliber? I don't know. I think the Sharks, I feel like they've always been a good team at home. They have that scary shark looking thing that they pull out on the ice for the intros and everyone just kind of panics if you're an opposing team. But, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe they're they're good on the road, but I feel like they're better at home because they're, they always end up whooping people when it comes to a game seven but I don't think it's going to get to a game seven against the Kings and I think the Kings are going to do it but if I had to pick 
a dark horse team. Let's see, I'm going to go with low percentage pick, <laughs> but if it was going to be a dark horse team, I'm going to go with the Islanders. They were pretty far down, and the Rangers looked like they were going to run away with it, and then the Islanders tied them up, and the Rangers ended up beating Detroit to just get into the, the division mm-hmm. playoff berth instead of the wild card, which New York Islanders went in as the wild card. But I think the Islanders look better than some of the division teams, mm-hmm. like Detroit, even though I have Detroit beating the Islanders because I have the Islanders beating the Panthers. Yeah, but it's just if you had to choose a dark horse, you wouldn't. that would be a surprise that you could foresee. I think so. I think the, the Islanders are going to be my dark horse pick. Even though I have L.A. and the Penguins <laughs> in the fight. Well, I can see that. I, you know, it's, I can see that there's not a lot of disparity as we move over to the NBA. There's not a whole lot of disparity in the playoffs there either. Uh, before we get into some of the playoffs, though, we had a one of, if not the best night of NBA basketball, possibly of all time. Kobe. Unfortunately, on the same night. At the same time. Unfortunately, Kobe's potentially, not potentially, it is Kobe's last game as a player. Who knows what ventures will open up for him in retirement. But his last game, dropped 60. And the Golden State Warriors became possibly the best team of all time. Surpassing the 95-96 Bulls 72-win season, which looked unbeatable, but this team did it. How uh, how do you see these playoffs? How did you feel about that that night? Let's just talk about that night. How was that night in sports? Well, first, I'd like to say I'm glad the Warriors got it. Now I don't have to see all this ESPN garbage about, but can they beat the 95-96 Bulls? <laughs> no one cares anymore because the Warriors are the best team yeah. statistically that's ever played the game. And people can say the Bulls will win in four like Pippen did. Mm-hmm. But... And which, uh, it's a little biased. He is a part I, of the I team. I think so. <laughs> so I think the Warriors, there's no argument that they are the best team right now. And yeah. I don't want to hear about the 95-96 Bulls for a while because it's been every article that ESPN and other sports sites have been posting about the 95-96 Bulls. Yeah. Tired of it. But Kobe, at first he got off to a slow start. I I think he started 0 for 4, 0 for 5. 0 for 5, yeah. I was like, here we go. You know, Kobe's just going to not do very well. But then I feel like the, the rest of the players are pretty much handing Kobe the ball and going, you know what? Just shoot. Yeah. Just shoot it. And the Jazz, they must have found out that they were eliminated from the playoffs or something. But they, knew, but they were, I will say, they were trying hard. Kobe had to work for that 60. I will say that. It wasn't like, hey, here's your retirement game. Shoot all these open shots. You know, he didn't get fouled a whole lot. They were up in him. They, he got blocked a couple times. Airballed a co- uh, more than a couple shots. It was uh, definitely not the prettiest 60 I've ever seen. But uh, I'm glad that he did it. Maybe it's just the NBA how it is today. I, I don't watch the NBA that much. So when I was watching this, I was like, you know, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of defense. But <laughs> No, it was, uh, it was, I will say that, if the Jazz gave it to Kobe, they did a great job of pretending. They they played great defense on him, uh, didn't foul him. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, he got a couple calls. I mean, but he's a, a superstar. You know, you expect those calls. You know, James Harden, LeBron on any other night, nobody would have complained about those calls. But yeah, he got a couple of superstar calls, and they weren't like blatant. 
calls like, oh, you just giving him that because it's his night. It's like, you know, the guy hit him on the arm. It was a tic-tac foul, but it's still a foul. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that, you know, it wasn't a cheap way that he went out, that he absolutely earned. He was sucking wind and looked like he was going to die there in that fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, it, it, it ended in no other than Kobe fashion. They were losing the whole game as the Lakers have tend to do the last three, four, seven years or however long it's been. I don't even know at this point, but, you know, Kobe brought him back, obviously, 60 points, and uh, hit the go-ahead bucket, and, you know, the game clinching free throws. It was a, it was the Kobe game. It was everything that Lakers fans and Kobe is the perfect way, just as, just as Peyton did, exactly the way you want to end it on a high note, set the bar high, and just <clears throat> cruise right into the Hall of Fame. And on the flip side, you say the same thing about the Golden State Warriors. I wish, you know, I wish I could have seen that game as well, but there was no chance I was turning off Kobe. No. And uh, you know, to see Steph <clears throat> break the 400 threes in one season mark is absolutely nuts. And to see him, uh, you know, he's in a league of his own, better than you know, in our generation, Ray Allen was the golden standard, and his, you know, 270 plus threes was was amazing. And Steph just shatters that every year. Four hundred threes in a season is, you know, he needed eight in this game. He got ten. Yeah. And uh, he's he's an amazing athlete, an amazing player, and they're gonna be tough to beat. You know, there's all these ninety five, ninety six Bulls comparisons, but they won the championship that year. And and Golden State and Steph and, and Draymond and all those guys are happy with what they did. And in the grand scheme of things, kind of like you said about the President's Trophy, it, it, you don't. It's not a big deal. Although, in this case, it is a big deal because 73 wins is no small feat. You know, it's like in since the beginning of the, the league, no team has ever done this. And so it's not a small feat, but it's also, you know, there's so much more to do. There's some, if they lose, then it's just like the Mariners season. You won 116 games and then lost in the playoffs. So yeah. who cares what your season was, you know? And then that 95-96 Bulls, it'll be justified because you didn't win. Yep. You, you know, you had a great regular season record. You could stay healthy, but, you know, if they're one injury away, knock on wood, from being done. You know, the, that's the same position that Memphis is in, barring the same 73-1 season, all that. But, you know, they're seventh seed playing the Spurs, and they got no mark to saw. They're, they're pretty much done. They're lucky to even be in the playoffs at this point. And, uh, you know, back to what I was talking about, the disparity – uh, there's there's not really much disparity. You know, you're gonna the one is usually gonna beat the eight, two is generally gonna beat the seven. You know, you might get a little three six and a four five. It's not really a flip flop. I wouldn't really say. You're but, aware uh, the Pistons are an eight seed, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think I'm going. I I can only see a rematch of uh, Warriors and Cavs, and uh, I just don't see anybody beating the Warriors. Um, I mean, we could break down all day the different matchups, but there's to me, there's really no point. It's just the yeah. Warriors are obviously the best team in the game right now. Rockets are no good, and uh, Cavs are, you know, LeBron's team just generally makes it to the championship. That's just how it goes. And, uh, you know, I don't see any team that could beat either of them. I would like to see OKC step up and, and meet their potential, but I also wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs ran the table. Um I think, you know, kind of like the the NFC Championship uh, a couple years ago between the Seahawks and the 49ers, that'll kind of be what this uh, NBA playoff will be like. It'll be it'll come down to the Spurs and Warriors matchup, and the winner of that, I believe, will, will win the championship. Just 
their defense and uh, just their team team game is just a lot further along than the Cavs or or the Raptors and and I just I don't see the Raptors win the championship. They just they don't have the superstar yeah. power, but they're obviously a good team, number two seed. But um, yeah, enough about what I think. How do you feel about this NBA playoff? And uh, do you see any dark horses? Do you see any possible disparity? What is your take on all this? Yeah, it's not that I don't like OKC because I well I don't like OKC to begin with, but I just don't see them going very far. So I'm not gonna even I mean, me- mess with you. OKC. They, just, they they have so much potential, but they just can never get over the hump. They're not a good. They're not as good of a team as the Spurs or the Warriors, in my opinion. Although I do love KD and Russell Westbrook more than. A lot of these other players, but they just, you know, they don't have the team to support them like these other guys do. Houston, absolute trash. I'm not going to even talk about them. Yeah. Golden State's going to blow them out. Pacers and the Raptors. Raptors advance through round one. I like I like Paul George, but it's just... There's nothing there anymore. Yes. They couldn't even beat the Cavs when they had Roy Hibbert backing them down, even though he was... I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. He used to be balling and not balling. Your your Pistons, Detroit basketball, (laughs) facing the Cavs. Do you think they got any chance against LeBron James? (laughs) Um, I think they played well in the regular season against the Cavs. So I think there's something to watch there. But in a seven-game series, I think the Cavs are probably going to take them out in six. But who knows? You know, Detroit, young team. Maybe they can wear down LeBron and some of these older guys. And yeah, LeBron's the old guy in the league now. Oh, yeah. You think about it, you know, Kobe's done. Who's the old guy? It's got to be uh, D-Way, LeBron, Melo. <laughs> they're, the, they're the ancient guys. Zadrunas Ogaskis. <laughs> um, and then... Speaking of Big Z, he was once on the Heat. Do you, I think, you know, if you want to just talk basketball, that's an interesting matchup. The Heat potentially. I don't. I, I believe Bosch is out, and obviously he's a big player. Hornets. I do love uh, Kemba Walker. How do you feel about this Heat Hornets? They do have Hassan Whiteside. He's a big superstar out of nowhere guy for the Heat. But uh, do you think this? If there's anything in this matchup, do you think either of these teams are? If you were to pick what a dark horse, because I mean realistically, it's gonna be. Warriors or Spurs versus the Cavs. Coming out of the East, we'll just say that. Let's, let's just make it easy. Coming out of the East, who will give the Cavs the biggest fit? It's going to be kind of a weird weird pick here, but I'm going to go with the Celtics. I think the Celtics are... I just feel like lately they've been hungry for something, and they've been the best I think I've seen them play all season. Not that I watch them all the time, but... Mm-hmm. They just seem like they're on the rise right now, and if there's going to be anybody that's kind of a dark horse that I can pick, it's going to be the Celtics. I'm hoping that they can maybe even beat Cleveland, if Detroit doesn't beat Cleveland first. <laughs> but I feel like the Celtics have stepped up. Is there anybody really, specifically but... or anything that you like from the DNA of the Celtics, or you just have a, just have a hunch? I'm not sure, but UW's finest is on the yeah. Celtics. So. IT. 
you know, maybe maybe it's a loco thing. Maybe I'm just kind of favoring them because they have UW players on their team, yeah. or at least one. Oleniuk, Oleniuk is somewhat local. Washington's Washington Gonzaga. product. Gonzaga, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a beast. And uh, Sollinger, Evan Turner, Marcus Smart. They got some good Big guys. Big Evan Turner. Yeah. I could see, I mean, I could definitely see them beating in the Hawks. The Hawks, uh, to, I really have never been impressed with the Hawks, even when they were, they were one, one seed last year. Mm. I, I knew they would lose. <laughs> they, and, and for me, the Celtics are that same type of team. And same with the Raptors. Those teams that don't have one sure superstar. And that, that's not a knock on Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, he's a great guard. He just... You know, in the grand scheme of things, you think of Russell Westbrook and Steph, uh, Kawhi Leonard. You think of guys that can take over a game, that can lead their team to victory. And, and while those are, are good teams, you know, the Hawks obviously got there because they were a good team. They don't have that guy that can, you know, go blow for blow with the LeBron, that can go blow for blow with the Steph. And I would like to see a, a team, you know, like back when the Mavericks took it to the Heat, and and Dirk led the show, but it was really a team effort. Um, <clears throat> but even then, they were they were just a team, and Dirk had you know just a breakout. Yeah. And I don't see any of those guys just having a breakout playoff performance that can propel their team to a championship, especially against the field that's that that's this year. You know, against those LeBron teams, it was LeBron and and a bunch of other guys that were playing with him. You know, LeBron no disrespect Jay. to. Bosh and Dwayne, D Wade, but uh, you know LeBron just demands so much attention, demands the ball in his hands at all times. It's hard for other guys to heat up, and that's that's kind of what it was like for you know on a way different scale. But you could see that from watching the Laker game the other night that everyone was making an effort to at all costs get Kobe the ball because Kobe didn't have was ninety eight points or one hundred and one points or something like that. It was tough for other guys to make shots and get shots up because Kobe took 50 shots, which is a crazy amount of shots. But it's, you know, if he's shooting every single time down the court, it's hard when he's dishing it out to, for other guys to get in the rhythm and uh, to knock down shots. So that's kind of you know, what it's like to be on LeBron teams. And, and if I see the Cavs not defeating an opponent, I, I mean, obviously I see the Cavs going to the championship, but it, the only way I could see them not making it to the finals is if they run against run up against a team. I, I guess, you know, the Celtics. I'll just go with the Celtics because I really, honestly, I don't believe that anybody can beat them in the East. But I will say somebody like the Celtics, a team that can, you know, lock everybody else down and force LeBron to just take over the game and get his, you know, 45, 50 points, whatever it is, but keep everybody else within the, you know, six or seven range, then I could see it. A team taking the six or seven games and just waiting for that one game where LeBron is off and then taking advantage of it. But, you know, like I said, I don't think any... One, I mean, LeBron proves every year that that just doesn't happen, especially this time of year when it matters the most until it's the finals. Then he just, you know, catches a cramp or something where he can't play. (laughs) But no, no, all jokes aside, uh, I think it'll be... It looks like it's the Warriors year. You know, it's... uh, they're on a mission, and uh, they accomplished this first goal, and as long as they can stay healthy, I think that you know Draymond and all those guys have so much to prove to the league that they can't afford but to win this championship. So I think the Warriors in Oracle just can't be beaten.
Yeah. And I think the the Spurs actually might have a chance to beat Golden State in yeah. the I mean they also only West lost finals. they only lost one game at home all year. Although it was to Golden State. Yep. Um, you know, Pop Pop is is he's a weird dude but he's amazing. <laughs> he's uh you know, he's one of those mind trick guys. And so you, you know, never know. May I never would I say that Pop just gave them the game because that would never be the case. But you know, there are factors that went into Golden State winning that game. They had a lot more to play for. And Pop is just trying, you know, he does what he does. Relax. He keeps his guys healthy, you know, keeps the intensity <clears> up, <throat> and he knows how to win. He's a champion. And, yeah, I can see them holding down home court, and I could easily, easily see this series going seven. But I just, I don't know if they could be Golden State at Oracle. Okay. Well, should be an interesting NBA playoffs as well as the NHL playoffs. I'm looking forward to it. But hopping over to the Mariners, hopping over to baseball. We look at the Cactus League standings. The Mariners finished 16 and 14, seven games behind Arizona, who was in first at 24 and eight in the Cactus League. So they're about almost halfway down the list with Texas at 17 and 15 as well. What do you see from the Mariners so far? They're three and six. Started two and one. Everyone kind of lost their. I know I can't say what I was about to say. I was going to say lost theirs, but <laughs> everyone kind of went nuts and started saying playoffs and all this other crap after three games. So they're two and one. Then they came home, got swept by the A's, lost two of three to Texas, who they had just beaten at the ballpark in Arlington. What do you see from the Mariners so far? Are they going to get better? Who's your go-to guy to watch? Or maybe you can pick two or three guys that have kind of stood out to you so far. I am absolutely worried about this team. Absolutely. They have, every single year, people get excited for this team. And they have these great expectations. And they just need one guy. That's They just need one guy on the offensive end to lead this team. And Nelson Cruz stepped up last year. But off to a slow start this year, though. Nobody stepped up with him. And, and it's not even Nelson Cruz that's off to a slow start. There's, I mean, you look at it and all the big names, Nelson Cruz, 229, Robinson Cano, 189, Cattell Marte, 172, Kyle Seeger, 152. That's unacceptable, you know. It really is. For a team that has Felix Hernandez and... A .69 ERA with an 0-1 record it's, in two starts. It's amazing. It's truly amazing the teams that are surrounding one of the best pitchers of our time that will never get any credit because this is how his teams play. And do I think that these guys will break out of the hole? Absolutely. I think that Cano is he's hitting for power, but now he's not hitting the ball. And, and, and I mean, obviously nobody's hitting the ball. Uh, Martin, the only guy that I dislike on the team, is hitting 296. You know, he's actually actually only one of the respectable hitting players, and he's only hitting 296. He's leading the team with 296, and that's my thing with the Mariners is they never have a reliable guy that can hit in the 300s range, can knock guys in, and and although Nelson absolutely fit the bill, would have had that MVP if they could win some games. As always, if they could win some games, they got some good players, but. They just have nobody else to step up with that offensive talent. 
you know, 40 home runs last year and they just did nothing with it. And, you know, it's not like Nelson Cruz is getting any younger. He's not going to keep producing 40 home run seasons. And uh, that's the Mariners' way. They just don't capitalize on opportunities. And um, I just, I don't know what to do with this organization. They refuse to get a solid leadoff guy. They refuse to address their outfield. That's absolutely atrocious. They continue to bring back Franklin Gutierrez. And, yeah, Goody was good, absolutely. But not anymore. He's really not. He's not an all-star. He's not irreplaceable. I know he's Felix's boy, but, you know, that's for him and Felix to continue their relationship on another plane. This is not it. Down in Tacoma? Somewhere. You know, Deho, Deho, Deho. Is not the answer. I don't know. I hate to call it a circus act, but realistically, <laughs> is he an everyday guy that's gonna, you know, carry your team to the promised land? No. Well, he's I think that, that's why we haven't seen him start every game either, because he's not that guy. He's not that dude. And they know he's not that he's guy. He's decent, but he's a publicity stunt. And that's what the Mariners are. They are a publicity stunt that has one of the best pitchers of all time that gets no love or run support. And Tywin Walker needs to continue to get better. Not that he's not getting better. He's absolutely moving up to that number two. You know, they gave him the ball for opening day. And although he didn't have the best opening day at home, gave him the ball for opening day at home, he has been working and is turning into that pitcher that everyone thought he would be. He's not quite Felix, but to be honest, that's high expectations to put on anybody. You know, there's a lot of guys that all stars that aren't Felix Hernandez. So I'm glad that Taiwan is is getting that confidence that the Mariners organization uh, is doing the right thing with him. Iwakuma not doing as high as he usually is, but you know Felix, man, 13 innings, 16 Ks, .69 ERA, .85 WHIP, zero wins, one loss, point. Six nine ERA and you have a loss, no wins. They give up one hit in the Texas game and end up losing. Hit one earned run all season and they lost. That is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> I I really have no other words. It's, you know, Wade Miley's looking like a scrub. <laughs> Nathan Carnes looking like a scrub. Montgomery not looking good. Although he's, I mean, I don't know. He's, he can't be too hard on relief guys. There's, you know, a run here, a run there, and all of a sudden it looks like it's ballooned up, but it's really not too terrible, especially, and it's only the first month of the season. I will say that, you know, guys are getting their swing correct and, you know, seeing different guys for the first time. But, you know, to start at home on a five-game losing streak and nobody can hit the ball is, that's ridiculous. And they always complain the marine layer and this, that, and the other. But obviously no other team has a problem coming in here and hitting the ball out of the park, hitting the ball to center field, finding a gap. That has nothing to do with the marine layer. Nothing to no. do with it. And, and if anything else, you're the one that has, should have the advantage since you play in it every single day. <laughs> it's like playing you know? Colorado with the hair stick. If you know that it's a problem, go play where it's at. So you know the field conditions. You know what it's like to play there. And it looks like... I mean, it's not time to hit the panic button yet, but Almost. I will say that I personally 
am not a fan of the Mariners organization, of the Mariners. I'm switching back. I'm trading myself <laughs> to the Angels. Trading your fan rights? Yeah, trading the all my fan rights to the <clears> Angels. <throat> but I still have respect for guys like Cano. I still have respect for guys like Seager and Nelson Cruz. I'm still, you know, if I could, if y'all will allow me, I will have this Mariners as my secondary team solely because this organization year after year tears it apart and just I can't be a fan of something that they don't mm-hmm. care. Every I mean, Deho Lee could be an asset on a team, absolutely. I think that he's a good player. He's not bad. He had a good career in Korea, I believe. Decent, you know, it's in a decent career. He's not a he's not an awful player, but you know, to be a guy that's on a you know a team like the Dodgers or a team like the Cardinals and it's like an everyday guy, that's not happening. He's no. not. And and the thing with the Mariners is that this is what they do. They get guys that are uh, sensations from other countries that you know bring in media and in different dollars. And I just I can't respect that bu- that model because I'm not in it for the dollars. I'm here to to watch entertainment and to win games. So. We're just on different planes in life right now, and I'm still upset they traded away James Jones. So that's why <laughs> that I, was a horrible move. That's why, I, and 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 they got rid of Tom Wilhelmson. So this is well, why that, that worked out for him though. They teed off on him down in Texas. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. You, you always tee off on guys that you know, or uh, you know, it's just one time. So you know, we'll see. It's a uh, it's a long season, but uh, I don't think it's time to panic. I think it's a great sign that Cano's hitting hitting for power. Um, it, it'll be nice to see you know when Nelson starts heating up. You know, two home runs though, it's not bad. It's also not the summer yet, so you know once yeah. it once it starts heating up, I think everything will be all right. Uh, guys get their stroke, go on hitting streaks, uh, slumps. It, it looks like everybody's in a slump right now, but um, yeah, I think this is the year uh, if. The Mariners aren't in it. They're still holding down one of those last spots. It's time to get rid of Felix. Uh, and, and that's just out of respect for Felix that he deserves to play for a team that's that's in playoff contention. It's crazy to see that uh, 11-year vet. 11 years. Not one time has seen the postseason. Not one time. 2,275 innings. 336 games. 2,158 strikeouts 143 wins not one playoff appearance not one 3.1 career era 1.17 whip pretty good numbers no one of the best pitchers of our time has never been in not even a play-in game that's the ultimate disrespect even kershaw is probably the best pitcher of our time of all times clayton kershaw has been in those games and for Felix to not even you know be in consideration, I think is is a joke. And just out of respect for him and his career, you know Cy Young, obviously future Hall of Famer. I think guaranteed hands down, he deserves better than what the Mariners organization has continued to give him on the other side of the of the diamond every year. And uh, that's my only thing with Felix. That's the only 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 reason I would want him out of Seattle. It's just. For him and his career, because he deserves it for all that he's given to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, you, how do you feel about this season? At some point, they're probably gonna have to evaluate a couple things, and 
see what they can get for Felix, like an Ichiro situation. They hung on to Ichiro five years too long. And but, you know, now that I think about it, that's also another thing is in the grand scheme of things, I would like to get rid of Felix for him if, if the Mariners aren't in the running for a playoff position. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, what are we going to get for him? Probably nothing. We would probably trade him for nothing. Some prospects that don't work out, you know, it'll be one of those deals. Yeah. And then we'll be the guys that traded away, you know, probably one of the best pitchers. Of the, I mean, but at the end of the day, I really wouldn't care. No. As long as Felix got a chance to show on the national stage what type of player he was, that's what was important to me. You know, because the Mariners don't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Well, we talked about it before the season started. and Everyone was ripping on Jack Zarensic and calling for him to be fired. Then he gets fired, DePoto comes in, and me and you were like, we don't see any big changes. And Then we get... Deho Lee, we get Nori Aoki, who Nori Aoki's decent. He's starting out, I, I believe, on an eight-game hitting streak or something like that, which those are the kind of guys that you want in your order. He's, He's a veteran. Lead-off guy, I think, hitting two seventy eight. which... But the thing decent. about him is he's not a... I don't want just a leadoff guy. I want somebody that can grow into the role and stay there. You know what I mean? A guy that's a staple, like a Kenny Lofton type. And I know you're not just going to find a Kenny Lofton somewhere along the line. But that's what you need. You know, if Martin is going to be that guy, then put him in that spot. You know, if we always have, you know, even Seth Smith, he's not a young guy. None of these guys are young guys in the outfield. Martin is, but Aoki is not a young guy. Dale Lee is not a young guy. And neither, it, it just doesn't make sense, this team that we put together. And maybe if it was like these, like Matt Holiday and these like, old guys trying to win a championship, then that'd be a different story. But it's these old guys who are like not even has beens, to be honest with you. It's like, is Aoki a you know, household name around the baseball? Maybe, but not really. You know, not really. He's no Miguel Cabrera. You no. know, he's not just fighting for Prince Fielder. He's not fighting for, you know, to keep his job. He's not forty year old David Ortiz that just wants one last shot to play with Robinson Cano. It's not one of those situations. You know what I mean? He's just like this is a guy who's in the MLB family, and we found a team in Seattle for him to play. Yeah, which, but I believe he's the second best hitter on the team right now. So exactly, no, no household <laughs> names. Leonis Martin and Nori Aoki are leading the Mariners in hitting right now. And we we said at the very beginning of the season it was going to be the same as the Jack Zarenzik type. Depoto has not made any major moves. He hasn't tried very many things and. He goes out and hires a guy that's never managed a team, at least in the dugout, at any level, at any time. And then so brought over Chris Iannetta, who's not good. Defensively, he's garbage. And he's not good offensively. He's just not good. Better than Zanino uh, offensively, though. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I might just rather take my chances with Zanino, because at least you know what you're going to get. I would just rather have him just grow. Just grow and just... Yeah. If you're going to be bad, just be bad and grow. That's true. Be like Matt Weeders and just learn on the job, you know? <laughs> I would just rather have that than to have some some guy who we know is not good just taking reps. Mm-hmm. And you touched on Mike Montgomery a little bit. Got to stick up for my boy here. Um, I, I believe Cano had a what they called was a hit, but it was a hard hit ball off his glove into right field. Two of his earned runs were thanks to Cano. And then another one. Nori Aoki out in left field. Fly ball, guy tags up and he double clutches on the throw and ends up not even being able to throw it in. So 
Three of those earned runs, I think, were preventable. But <laughs> I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that this guy's no good. I'm not saying that at all. And there's a bunch of guys on the list. I mean, Felix is about the only untouchable person on this list. He is balling so far. Not a big Joel Peralta fan. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I mean, nobody's numbers outside of Felix really stand out to me. Uh, C-Sheck is doing decent, you know, 1.8 ERA, but his Ks are, you know, five innings, four Ks. Like I said, there hasn't been a whole lot of games to be played. So Montgomery's five innings, four in runs, but it's just inflated right now. You know, is he going to have some games where he shuts down the side? Absolutely. You know, the whole team, you know, Wade Miley will come back from his 8.25 ERA. I don't know about that. <laughs> and is it me, or does Wade Miley look like the caddy from Happy Gilmore? <laughs> yeah. You pull up a picture, I swear it's the same guy. <laughs> but, man, Wade Miley, yeah, he's not, it's not a good start for him. But, you know, he's a career 401 guy. Uh, yeah, and then Nathan Carnes, you Carnes, I'm just, I just know he's not gonna be good. You, just, you don't think so? I'm just chalking it up as that. He's just not very good. I think Nathan Carnes is gonna be a high ERA guy, gets lots of strikeouts, but gives up a lot of home runs. So, <laughs> so he's not very good. <laughs> Either way, I mean, if you're playing fantasy baseball and you're gonna try to sacrifice your ERA for strikeouts, you can do that. But I don't really see him stepping up and being another. Michael Pineda in the rotation. No. So. No. So, yeah, no disrespect to your boy Mike. But, you know, he's not having a hot start to the season. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything anybody doesn't know. He knows it, and so does everybody else. But I think that, you know, he'll come around. Hopefully he will. Hopefully he has an all-star campaign. I will not be mad one bit if, he, if Mike Montgomery is. An all-star relief pitcher. That would be great for him and great for the Mariners organization. And uh, Are they going to get any all-stars from the Mariners this year besides Felix? Well, hopefully Felix isn't on the team. You know, Hopefully he's in New York or something, somewhere he deserves to be. But uh, you know, I could even see him in Detroit or something. I would like it. I can't, I can't think of very many guys that... I don't even know what you could get for a Felix at this point. You know, are, are GMs willing to give you a... I mean, I think McCutcheon, Trouter, all those guys are out of the question. No Same way. caliber of talent, but I think that, you know, 11-year vet, uh, you know, 2,000-plus innings on that arm. Yep. Uh, obviously, his, uh, he's playing great baseball right now, don't get me wrong, but, you know, how long can he keep up this uh, level of play? I mean, um, everybody, father time comes for everyone. You know, Kobe was a perfect example of that, and, and Jordan, and greatness. It doesn't matter what level of greatness. It'll be there for Steph Curry one day, LeBron. Father time is coming for every single one of these players. And, uh, you know, Felix has been able to sustain this level of play for a good seven, seven to eight years now, uh, to being at the top of the game. And, uh, you know, it comes to an end. Ask Roy Halladay. Verlander is living this life right now. Uh, Matt Cain knows... Knows all too well what it's like. Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. Wainwright. C.C. Sabathia. It's, uh, you know, these are guys that were absolutely the best in the game. And, uh, you know, 
Felix is getting there. 30 years old. But, you know, he's been pitching since he was 19. And um, I don't know what you can get for a 30-year-old with uh, 2,000 innings on his arm. Knowing the Mariners' three prospects, it'll never work out. Man. Three prospects we've never heard of that'll <laughs> yeah. never work out. And then they end up giving up on him and they end up succeeding on another team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and All-Stars turning into, you know, David Ortiz's and whatnot. But who knows? The Adam Joneses out there. <laughs> James Joneses, even though he's not an all-star. <laughs> not yet. Still gave up not on him. Yeah, that's true. Still on bases true. for days, though. That is true. But, um, yeah, what do you... If you traded Felix, what do you think you could get? Would you, would you go after another pitcher? Would you go after hitting? Because if you take Felix off of this rotation, what does it look like? You got... Taiwan. Taiwan is your one, then. And then you got Iwakuma. And then Miley and Carnes. Yeah. So would you would you have to pick up? Would you bring? Is there anybody to bring up from Triple S? Paxton just, is he? Uh, no, I don't think he's he ready hurt? yet. He's he's still injured. But I say you just call up the most recent starter that has the lowest ERA in Tacoma. Give him a chance. Why not? But I don't really. I don't think. So you're saying you would trade for a hitter, an everyday hitter. If you could. Maybe. I, I just, I don't know who is even going to give up a big name for... Well, I, mean, I don't think you're getting, you're not getting Bryce Harper. You're not no. getting Trout. Nope. No, mm-hmm. McCutcheon, McCutcheon's out of the question. Not getting Miguel Cabrera. No. <laughs> so not getting Miggy. Not uh, Stanton. Not anybody. Chris but, Bryant is out of the question. Giancarlo's not happening for anybody, I don't believe. I don't think he could even get Kershaw for Giancarlo. And, uh... So who are we talking now? Are we talking like uh, like Anthony Rendon or something? <laughs> I don't even... What could you get? Like Adrian Beltre, like one of those vets that still kind of can do it. but Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe somebody like an Adrian Beltre type. Maybe I, mean, like I mean, yeah, Beltre's not coming back to Seattle. No, but. or like a Prince Fielder type. Makes mm-hmm. too much money yeah. that is almost over their or past their prime. Maybe like them in a prospect, but... Okay. It's not going to be anybody that's like a well-known young guy that yeah. is going to develop into something. But well, what about a guy that's not as like a Starling Marta? You think that? I mean, I I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't make that trade. I mean, I would, at that point, I'd be like, you know, I feel like she's going to have to retire here <laughs> for real. But uh, do you think that it could be like him? I mean, it would be nice to get McCutcheon, but that's not going to happen. Felix for yeah you're gonna get what are you renting Felix for you know two years try to push a third year out of it I don't know at this point it'd probably be like a get Cattell Marte out of the lineup and trade for Brandon Phillips and make him a shortstop because <laughs> Cano's already locking down second you don't like Marte I I don't know I think he's all right I just he's he's a good defensive player but he'll Some have ability like hot streaks and then he'll just go ice cold and then he'll Try to rebound from it and end up with like a two sixty five or two seventy average. So that's mm-hmm. not, not really my guy, mm-hmm. personally. But I I don't I honestly don't know what you could get for Felix. But knowing the Mariners, they'd ship him off for nothing. Well, speaking of shipping things off for nothing, the Los Angeles Rams made a splash, cannonball splash in 
trades today. Traded up with the Marcus Mariota Tennessee Titans. This is what the, the Rams will send their first round, 15th overall pick, two second round picks, a third round pick, next year's first round pick, <coughs> and in return for sending two first round picks, two second round picks, and a third round pick, which is a lot for those that didn't know, the Rams will in return be getting the number one overall pick, a third round pick in next year's draft, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick. So they're getting one, three, four, and six for a one, one, two, two, and a three. Pretty good deal. But nobody knows. I mean, realistically, they're probably taking Jared Goff. But people are acting like they don't know which quarterback they're taking. Is there a problem with this trade, or are you all for basically not learning from the trade that they made with for RG3 <laughs> and repeating that exact same formula, but I think giving up even more than what they got for RG3? Yeah, they're, they're obviously trying to make instant, whatever you want to call it, instant moves that are going to make L.A. fans be sold on the Rams, but I think it's more of just a, we're going with the number one overall pick. This guy's going to turn our entire team around. We all know that it doesn't work that way in the NFL. So if they want to yeah, give up. Usually, I mean, it was Jameis Winston. His team did okay. They did all right. And then, uh, you know, like I said, the Marcus Mariota led Titans with the number one pick. That's usually generally how, you know, top quarterback yeah. teams go. And uh, neither one of them were in the playoffs, if I'm correct. I believe you are correct, sir. And I don't know when the last time we saw the Rams in the playoffs. They're always just super well in the division, and they end up finishing 7-9. and nine or It eight just eight. sucks that they're in the same division as, for them, that they're in the same division as the Seahawks and some of those other teams that just have it. You know, and not that they don't have it. They have had a great defense in the past. It's just those Seahawks teams, and for a while it was those 49ers teams, and then out of nowhere was the Cardinals teams that have been hot. And the Cardinals every year look good. And, uh, you know, Carson Palmer has been able to revive his career there. But um, it'll be interesting to see. What the what the Rams can see, you know, I'm looking at a draft board right now, and it just says Goff isn't even their guy. It says Carson Wentz, nah. and, and the thing with me that that worries me is, I'm all for, you know, if you think you got your guy this year, if this is who you want to put your franchise on. Go ahead, trade for him, and just trade for that pick. But I believe two first rounds. And two second rounds. And a third round is just, it's giving up too much. I don't believe that you have to do that. One, the Titans aren't drafting the quarterback. So why why trade up that high? I would have just waited until the 15th pick or whatever the Rams had and taken the quarterback then. I mean, personally. At North Dakota State, who are you playing? Nobody. How could you possibly be considered the number one pick if you haven't played anybody? And maybe your skill set is very good, and I don't know. I have not seen Carson Wentz play, but...
But I have seen Jared Goff play, and I, I do like Jared Goff's game. I like his strong arm, and I like, you know, the, the offense that he played in pro style. He played very well. But was he clutch? No. He would do not come through in the clutch a lot of times. And if you're going to trade for a guy that is going to be in charge of your franchise, you think about the clutch great quarterbacks in the league and teams that don't have a clutch quarterback. You can have a good quarterback all you want to, but Andy Dalton doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. Uh, Tony Romo doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. You think about the clutch, truly clutch quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you can hate on Peyton Manning all you want to, but he's got two rings and was has, I believe, the most fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL history. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I mean, even Andrew Luck, although he doesn't have any rings, is a clutch player nonetheless. If you don't have a guy that's like that, you're not... What is your franchise? You don't have a guy that can get you over the hump, that can get you those wins, because those are the ones that matter the most. You know, come playoff time, you're not playing a team that you're going to blow out, you know, 48 to 20, and your fantasy team's going to look good. That's not who you're playing in the no. playoffs. You know, you're playing a team that this final score is going to be, you know, 10 to 9, or, you know, 14 17, and, and it all comes down to, you know, the other team doesn't want to give you the ball because they know your quarterback has too much time left and you're going to get a field goal or you're going to score. And uh, I just don't see that from a guy like Carson Wentz. He, uh, you haven't been battle tested if you went to North Dakota State. And uh, well, where does uh, Vernon Adams fall on this list? Is he even first round consideration? Is he man? I, if I'm the L.A. Rams, I'm holding off. I'm taking Vernon Adams. Oh yeah, and you know, third, fourth, fifth, whatever round that he falls to, he's an L.A. guy. You know, he's a guy that is undersized. You don't have obviously you don't have to gamble uh, big on him. And he can um, get outside the pocket if you need him to. Also, right. maybe maybe they offense. are. Maybe they do believe that they are a Super Bowl caliber team this year. Maybe they believe they're in a rebuilding year. I'm not in that front office. I wouldn't know. But if, let's say if they did have that, you know, rebuilding year, why wouldn't you give a chance to a guy like uh, uh, Vernon Adams for cheap? You can lock him up, you know, the same deal that Russell got. They locked him up for, you know, three years, got a Super Bowl out of him before they had to pay him big and, yep. you know, got one of the biggest deals in the draft. Now, do I think Vernon could come out and be like Russ? No, I don't. I think Russ is a one-of-a-kind guy. You, you can't. Go go out and look at every year and just find a guy like Drew Brees. Like, oh, he looks just like Drew Brees. He's going to be Drew Brees. That's not going to happen. But can a guy be good? Can a guy be serviceable? Absolutely. And for way cheaper than two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third. And it's like that's just so crazy to move up for a guy that nobody knows. You know, to be a, to move up like that, you have to convince me that this guy is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Or uh, I thought there, you know... In my mind, when I first saw this, I was like, the only way I could justify this trade is if that left tackle at Ole Miss is Walter Jones. If they see Walter and they're like, this guy, nothing is ever going to get past him. He's going to be a staple of the league, and you know they're going to name the left tackle award after him. Then I'm all for it. Trade away your whole team for what this guy can do. But if you're going to trade it away for a, a I mean, this quarterback has to have had a uh, year like Cam Newton. He had, he must, he had to go from undefeated, especially in North Dakota State. He would have had to go from you know unranked to number one overall to you know beat Alabama to you know came came back twenty one points on you know down twenty one in the fourth quarter and and won a national championship. He would have had to put it together a season like that for me to make a trade like this. 
you know, a, a for sure, no doubt in anybody's mind, even if these guys had a quarterback already, he was the number one guy, without a doubt. And, I mean, in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, now they're going to make Goff the number one quarterback. But, you know, just looking at this one side, even if there's a question that some other quarterback could be number one, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me, not this year. I'd have to agree with that analysis. You can pick up probably Connor Cook for nothing at this point. Uh, Vernon Adams, I I wouldn't say nothing, but probably second round, third round. But I don't know about trading away all your picks for a Jared Goff or another similar player that is unproven. Personally, I wouldn't do that. But like you said, Jared Goff, not very clutch and... It's not like he led Cal to the college football playoff or he yeah. won the national championship. And to be honest, you know, to keep it local, they would have lost to UW if Buda Baker would have played. You know, they're one safety away from beating Cal. And, you know, they almost beat him still. And, and that's not a knock on Jared Goff. I, ever since Jared Goff was a freshman, I knew he was going to be a number one pick talent. Absolutely. And I, I still believe that he's going to be a good quarterback. But, but he's like a Romo type, like a Stafford. You know, he's yeah, a guy he's that can put up big stats, Bowl. but it's not, it's not enough. You know, stats are not going to help anybody. It'll sell some jerseys. You know, it maybe get some fans in the seats. But if you are truly want to win, that's just way too high of a price to pay for for a guy like him, for a guy that you don't know, or you know, I don't know. He has to be a Hall of Famer for that. Better you know? be. And, and especially a team that was the heart, is the center of the RG3 trade. And that's not a knock on RG3. I love RG3. But this is the team that received all of that from RG3. And then they go out and just basically do the same thing that the Redskins did to them. It's like this is the same exact formula that the Redskins are in the position that they're in now because of that trade. And the Rams are going to L.A., trying to make a big splash, doing the same exact thing that the Redskins did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Personally, too much risk, like we talked about. Could have gone with a different quarterback, but I guess we'll get to experience firsthand this year what Jared Goff or whoever they end up taking is going to do for the Rams, and we're going to get to be sitting in CenturyLink Field and kicking back, maybe with a Bud Light or something. Just kind of watching this guy and deciding whether this was a good move for the Rams. But can't wait for football season personally. But now we got baseball. Soon we'll have football. Not soon enough for me. But I think that just about wraps it up. Fun show today. It's been a while, so hopefully we can get this one out there for all of our listeners to hear and get our hundreds and thousands or hundreds of thousands of listeners millions millions what they what they've been asking for but always a pleasure oh yeah we'll catch you next time revolutionary sports show i'm brian Shane. i'm Corey sullivan later she like a 63 i'm a